This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, I read Dread Nation by Justina Ireland and Mick read Angel's Cage by Anna Zayers. Oh, is that what it's called? Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. My name is Meg Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson, and, and we- our, our dog is currently upset because we just high-fived super loud. Yeah, hell yeah, we did. We're about to start a podcast. The best thing for a, that can happen to a marriage, right? <laughs> um, we are back again a week late. I'm sorry, not a dollar short, uh, but uh, who's got time to read books when uh, the world... I'm going to continue fiddling with my microphone. I Now that uh, it's gone on a little bit long, or that the, the baby's a little bit older, um, we have to discuss, I don't know if Squeaks is going to stick. I don't know. He was a very squeaky infant, but he's making different noises now. I don't know what we're going to use as a nickname. We just got to test some out. I know. We got to try some out. Lately, I think, well, it's also because he was sick. I think Booger might be a good good nickname but you don't really want that one to no, stick around i don't long. know how i feel about that yeah um yeah. squeeze is good because it's like a name you can call somebody like oh yeah. stop squeeze uh but he's not squeaky. he's not particularly squeaky anymore we'll work on it we'll workshop a few if you hear us tossing around random nouns it's probably in reference to our baby if this sounds different, I'm blaming my nephews because I let them uh, play with the microphone and record their own podcast, which unfortunately they deleted shortly after uh, finishing it. So I'm sorry. I bet it was great. I bet it had a lot of jokes about poop. There we go. Microphone's backwards. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is going to be a noticeable difference in that. Possibly. We'll see. Sorry about all the weird noises, but uh, I'm not going to take the time to fix them because instead I'm going to take the time to have Susan tell me about this book. Uh, Susan, I got you Dread Nation, subtitled that I've noticed for the very first time, uh, Rise Up by Justina Ireland. Mick, you got me an alternative history zombie book. Yeah. Uh, not just any alternative history, Susan. What uh, What's the alternative history period that we're talking about? A Civil War alternative history zombie book. Sue, did the Confederacy survive? Well, yes and no. Mm. Basically, the answer is that no one survived because there's zombies. Well, there's 650,000 dead people thanks to the Civil War. Uh-huh. Uh, I picked you this book because it was on top of the shelves uh, during a PD session in our school library, and I couldn't stop staring at it, thinking about how it <laughs> make the perfect bibliophile book, and looked it up online at that meeting and found that it was at our local library. So that's Was it I in the YA section? Yeah, never mind. I just saw the sticker. It yeah. is YA. Um, this book... Isn't my cup of tea, but it was mostly fine, no. I guess. No. Um, I'm melting. I'm melting. I have to go back to my own dimension now. So in this book, partway through the Civil War, the war between the states, or the war of northern aggression, depending on which character you are in this book. Uh, Whether they're right or objectively uh-huh. incorrect, yeah. Um. In the middle of this war, all the dead people 
turned into zombies and started running around and biting and eating people. This does sound like a book that I, like, if if it's written like that, that sounds like a book I wrote in fourth grade, so that's fair. <laughs> During the war, zombies, uh, they started biting people. And so the, like, the North and the South decided that they were going to stop fighting each other and fight the zombies instead. What is this, Game of Thrones? Um, so they ended the war. <laughs> <laughs> Timely reference oh, that but show also, everyone's watching. It's also on point. The North and the South. Come on, ah, yeah, come I on. Um, so they end the war. Slavery is abolished, and oh, uh, but more things happen. I'll get to that in a second. But here, here's a little bit of uh, of backstory. Slavery had been illegal since the Great Concession, that famous day President Jefferson Davis and the remaining Confederate states surrendered so that President Lincoln would issue the writ of concession, sending General Ulysses S. Grant and the Union troops on their famous march across the South, burning every shambler and abandoned homestead they found and saving Dixie from utter ruin. Slavery had come to an end thanks to President Lincoln and the undead plague. So... Apparently, it was Grant with the march across the sea and not Sherman. As Well, I'm, I'm just, like, beset on all sides by pun opportunities. I'm having <laughs> trouble, like, nailing them down, which one I'm going for. And history jokes. This is this is torture to me. So instead, you're going to make none of them? Well, uh, yeah, it's like I'm an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> so, slavery is abolished, but... Um, as did happen in real life, uh, white people found some ways around it. And so, uh, black people can no longer be enslaved, but black and brown people are instead being used to fight the zombies, which are referred to as shamblers. Is there some type of trademark on the word zombie or is it just like... Just a trope. It's just a trope. They always have to come up with a different... Yeah, you got to come up with your own name. Famously, uh, in Shaun of the Dead, he almost calls them zombies, and somebody like shush, like shuts (laughs) them up before he can say it. Um, So, black and brown people are being used to fight the shamblers. Um, Particularly, young black women are sent to like finishing schools, essentially, um, where they finishing move schools are learned where they are taught to be uh, what's called attendants. Um, attendants are taught a lot of like etiquette and how to like be a proper young woman and have you know fancy manners and everything but they're also taught how to fight and so attendants are going to be the companions of very wealthy white women Mm. um to like be their companion in society but then also keep them safe from shamblers why do they call them attendants Attendants. why do they call them attendants and not dead butants Excellent. Yeah. There's a good pun for you. Got one. Oh, thank God. I got one. Okay. You got one in there. Uh, so our main character, Jane McKean, attends one of these finishing schools called Miss Preston's. Um, she is quite the talented fighter. She grew up on a plantation called Rose Hill. Um, and she is, wouldn't you know it. Uh, the she's chosen just, one. She's kind of scrappy, and oh. she's really sassy, and she's always getting a little bit into trouble, but she's just special and different. She's a really talented fighter. That works out great for black people in the South in the 1880s. Totally. Um, she kind of gets caught up in a lot of different... Um, 
a lot of different things that she, she yes do we find out do, <laughs> do we find out what causes the zombies to rise no are, are we sure that it's not some sort of grand wizard oh no oh no oh dear <laughs> um Jane often sneaks uh. out of the school um, to, like, just go on raids to kill shamblers. And so Aww. she earns the nickname Angel of the Crossroads. Um, and eventually she gets caught up she with this uh, friend of hers named Jackson, um, who Stonewall? lives in the area. And then also another student at Miss Preston's named Kate. Um, they get kind of caught up into feeling like there's something not quite right in Baltimore County. Um, Kate and Jane get invited to a university lecture with one of their teachers, where it's this guy who claims that he has created a vaccine against being oh, turned into it. a shambler. This, yeah, this book felt super anti-vax. In a way that, like, I think post-pandemic, I'm even more sensitive to. Yeah, not to mention the fact that it's like, well, if they had had a good enough reason, the South would have surrendered earlier. (laughs) And then they would have been nicer about it if they weren't so mad about losing the war. So when you think about it, it was kind of the wrong idea, huh? I mean, really. And, like, the Civil War, you know, was about a lot of other things. States' rights and... um... I will never forget. I, I feel personally guilty that I can't remember who... Uh, wrote this. I'll find it while uh, I'm uh, thinking about it. But they said on Twitter, uh, people who don't know anything about the Civil War think that it was about slavery. People who know a little bit about the Civil War think it was about something who else, something else. And people who know a lot about the Civil War know it was about slavery. Correct. <laughs> um, so this scientist thinks that he's created a vaccine that prevents people from being turned into shamblers to prove that his vaccine works. Um, he injects the vaccine into a black person and then gets them bitten by a shambler and then they turn into a shambler. So not only is this historically inaccurate given the South's motivation to uh, return after seceding, but it also fast forwards to the Tuskegee trials of the 1930s. It's like, come on. I mean, you're in the 1880s. Kind of. But it's an alternate history, Mick. Oh, sorry. Um, In this alternate history, the Tuskegee experiments didn't happen. Jane is also, so like all of the people in power are saying that like Baltimore County is safe. There's no shamblers in Baltimore County. Um, But Jane doesn't believe that's true because she's the angel of the crossroads and she's going out and defeating all these shamblers at night. Um, And so they're, the three of them, Jackson, Kate and Jane are kind of trying to get to the bottom of it. They wind up getting caught uh, searching the mayor's office for information, and they get sent to a place called Summerland. So that sounds Summer- nice. Summerland is out in Kansas. It is a settlement because there's b- a belief that the West has not been yet infected by shamblers, and so they're going to have a better life. Um, we're basically just giving up on the cities in the East Coast. Homes uh, deading. And. <laughs> You're on a roll tonight, Dickens. It was also Eric Nelson at Literary Eric. Oh, good job, Literary Eric. Um, So they get basically put on a train and sent to Summerland, and they don't know what's happening. Uh, They are never going to see any of the people that they know again. Um, And they're basically being told, like, hey, we send 
black and brown people out to Summerland to be on patrols and get eaten by shamblers, if there are any, to protect the white people. So they basically are feeling like they've been sent to their death. Um, Jane is very mad about all of this. She's blaming one of their teachers. I'm going to kill her, I say in my voice low. I use the fine material of my skirt to scrub my face of the snot and tears. The chains are on my wrist, digging into the soft skin. Oh, there's chains. I take a deep, shuddering breath. I'm going to kill her and Miss Preston and the mayor. All of them, I'm going to gut them like fish and use them as shambler bait, and then I'm going to burn both the school and the mayor's house to the ground and dance upon the ashes. That's good, Jane. That's good. It's good to have goals. <laughs> um, my favorite character in this is Catherine. Uh, Catherine is a very fair-skinned um, black woman, so she's white passing. And so when they get to Summerland in... in um, attempt to protect Kate, Jane passes, or Jane tells everyone that Kate is actually a white woman. And so Kate is able to like live in the good part of town. And um, Kate or Jane is trying to protect Kate by kind of forcing her to pass as white. Uh, there's a scientist in Summerland named Gideon Carr. Um, he claims that he also has a vaccine, but his actually works. Uh, Jane gets inoculated against her will. And then wouldn't you know it, the town gets overrun by shamblers. Um, They wind up uh, escaping from town, and they head to a different settlement called Nicodemus. Um, So, yeah, that's about it. That's the end they head over. It's the first in the series. It's the first in the series. Naturally. Uh, At first I thought, so there are two books out. And I was like, oh, it's not a trilogy. That's really interesting. And so I read the summary of book oh. number two. Oh, you had me word there for a second. No, I read that. I found a, like a really detailed summary on Goodreads. Um, and it seems like they have teed it up for there to be a book number three at some point. Um, apparently, in book number two, uh, they, get to, they get to Nicodemus. Um, Jane gets arrested. Uh-oh. Jackson gets bit by a shambler so jane has to kill him before he turns nicodemus gets overrun then jane gets bit but it turns out the vaccine worked because she doesn't turn into a shambler but kate doesn't know it so she thinks jane is dead and then we time skip a year and then they meet outside of sacramento and they go to kill gideon Carr, the guy whose vaccine worked uh yeah because in an attempt to get the vaccine to work he's the one that caused uh summerland to get overrun he turned a bunch of people oh so i gotta be honest i didn't care about the first book so that was a oh yeah thanks how do you think (laughs) i felt reading it um one thing that i did find interesting so um the first so each chapter begins with an excerpt of a letter that Jane writes to her mother at Rose Hill Plantation. And the way that Jane is telling the story in the beginning about her mother um, kind of makes it seem like, so Jane is black. Um, Her mother is the mistress of the plantation, or was the mistress of the plantation. So the way that Jane tells the story makes it seem like her mom had an affair with an enslaved person on the um on the plantation and so let me find my page here 
I discovered later that even before I was born, Mama had a reputation for going out and buying the worst of the worst at the auctions. The runaways, the dullards, the cheapest, lousiest Negroes you could find. It was how she spent her time, buying up as many folks as she could, and rumor was she damn near bankrupted her and the major doing it. If there was a mother and her children on the block, she would buy the whole lot, cutting a deal with the auctioneers before the family ever went up for bidding. Neighbors would joke, I'm going to sell you my girl Bella. She ain't worth a lick. And the next thing you know, Bella would be in the kitchen baking bread. Mama never let the slave patrols on the property, even when they were chasing down a neighbor's runaway. And the one time the fellas did trespass, she had the kennel master set the dogs on them. It was an all-around curious way of doing business, but Mama was rich enough that the neighbors didn't say much. So you're you're kind of getting the impression that like she had an affair with an enslaved black man, had this baby, and then... Like, because of that is trying to help other black people. We find out in the very end of the book that that's actually not what happened. Um, Jane's father is the master of the plantation, is a white man. It's her mom that is actually, like, is black but is white passing. Um, And so that was sort of, like, the big revelation at the end. Oh, I saw that coming. I know. Um, that was like the the most surprising thing. Do you know who's going to start the secret society of all these zombies running around the South? Nathaniel Dedford Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that trifecta of great zombie puns. Do you think that William T. Sherman wrote to the city of Atlanta and said, uh, you might as well appeal against the shamblers as resist its terrible effects? Instead of appeal against the thunderstorm. Oh my God. If you, if you want some like pump up jams of historical primary sources, read Sherman's letter to Atlanta. War is cruelty and you cannot refine it. Uh, and he also says, uh, ba- basically it's you who started this war and I have come to, and I quote, pour out all of the maledictions a people can muster or something like that. And it's like, Oh God, Sherman, you war criminal. I love you so much. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> not the time, Nick, not the time. Anyway, that was Dread Nation uh, by Justina Ireland. There's apparently going to be a third one, and I won't read it. Dread Nation. What's uh, what's the second one called? The Deathless Divide. Mm. It's about the West. Were there any Native Americans in this book? There was one. (laughs) Daniel Redfern. Where does he grow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cool, cool, cool to talk about the West during the Civil War and bring up one Native person. Well, no, the second book is about the West. Yeah, but they made it to the West. They're in Sacramento by the end of the book. No, that was that's book two. That was the summary of book two. I can't two. tell it's apart. Um, what do <laughs> Are you, think? you just admitting that you weren't listening? What to do you think the third book this? should be called? Are you just admitting? That I was you thinking of Nathaniel Dedford Forrest. That doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, I don't know that the third book is confirmed yet. I just, it what seemed should, like they were setting it yeah. up for there to be a third book. What do you think there's got to be called? a trilogy. Um, okay, so I'm thinking this book was about the East. The second book is about the West. I think the third book is going to be about the South. Um, this one's not about the South? Or do you think, like, Mexico? Well, no, like, it, they started out in Baltimore. That's the South. Maryland? That's the East. Yeah, it was a slave-holding the... state. Well, yeah, but I feel like when you think of Maryland, you you classify that as East Coast and not I South. S- I suppose. So what, what's... Hmm. Come up with a Southern pun for me, Mick. Well, uh, I think decomposition and reconstruction. Would... <laughs> 
good one. Dead air. I can't think of anything yeah. else. Uh, anyway. Something with mortuary. This it's, book it's wasn't there. that interesting. It was like, I don't know. It was fine. All right. It was long. You got me a long book. Speaking of not that interesting. I uh, don't even remember what I got you. <laughs> uh, you got me the same book you've gotten me a bunch of times. Uh, get this. A powerless-ish woman finds it hot to be at the mercy of a very powerful a uh, darkly uh, powerful man who has a lot of dark powers. No, I wasn't the one that got you Fifty Shades of Grey. That was Charles. Yeah, but you've got, like, <laughs> I can't remember if it's one or two episodes ago, which is bad. I know. Uh, but this is pretty much the exact same book. Oh, yeah, it was last episode, the one I stopped yeah. reading. Uh, no, 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 two two ago. I'll get you something. Oh, I, we already have our books for next uh, time. Cap- I'll get you something different uh, the next time we pick our books for each other. Captivated by you, the one I stopped reading oh, yeah. because there was the long phone conversation that amounted to, can I borrow the conference room? Yes. Uh, also featured a young woman at the hands of an extraordinarily rich, extraordinarily jealous, possessive man uh, with violent tendencies. And so you got me a book about a a powerless woman at the hands of an extraordinarily rich, extraordinarily, I can't remember how this went, but you get the point. Uh, So I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask like, how many times are you going to get me this book? Because it's the same book. It's the same thing. What I did was I read uh, uh, the first 30% and then the last 20% mm-hmm. uh, and then tried to guess if I could get what was happening out of it. And I came pretty dang close. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more. Um, well, eight pages in, this is the second book in a trilogy. Uh, eight pages in, Chloe, our woman, has we found out uh, that she has been shot uh, and that Nikolai, our guy, who is Russian but speaks with a perfect American accent, which is like, uh, no, he doesn't, uh, has killed one and tortured another person in front of her. Um, Chloe's dad, by sexual assault, is the presidential front runner. Uh, then, uh, while she's unconscious, recovering from her wounds, uh, Nikolai is thinking of how, quote, sinful her lips are. Of course. Um... Not only is the Nikolai Russian character like the head of a crime family, but also is competing against another Russian crime family that is not just a crime family, but also a corporate rivalry family. We didn't get enough of that uh, in the uh, Possessed by You or whatever book. Uh, The other guys stole, quote, the lucrative Tajik nuclear reactor uh, from Adam Prom. I don't really know. Uh, In the last book, since the last book was about them, they've already banged. And so... It's like a lot of the tension is gone, but she she's scared of him because he kills and tortures people, but she really wants to bang him still, so don't worry. I mean, she's probably right in being scared of him for that. Yeah, this is one of your typical, <laughs> this is one of your typical uh, people aren't uh, real characters unless they have an extraordinarily uh, terrible, awful uh, Oh, history. yeah. You can't have a character <clears throat> without, especially a female character, without some type of intense trauma. Yeah. Uh, so our main character's mother was orphaned, adopted, orphaned again, uh, then sexually assaulted by the politician. She tries to commit suicide in the days after. She tries to get an abortion in the days after, then has a baby, uh, our main character, and then several years later is murdered by said politician. Instead of making our characters interesting, we just have to make them sad. Yeah. Um, our main character guy, uh, spars with an actual knife, like a fucking badass. Spars? Yeah, he like, you know, like a spar, like you get into a fight yeah. uh, with boxing gloves and stuff. But he uses a real knife against That's a different guy. Sparring. With a real knife. Yeah. yeah. Um... There's a saying that's uh, there. Nobody wins in a knife fight, or the winner of a knife fight uh, is the one that dies in the ambulance and not the one on the street. Uh, but he manages to fight this other guy <clears throat> for forty 
minutes. Straight. 40 minutes. A professional boxing round is three before professional boxers have to go literally sit down and like (laughs) was a lot of that like it was also just a really elaborate game of hide and seek so most of it was just like running around and having to find each other he's another in the long list of our male protagonists who runs an obstacle course for exercise as opposed to just like going for a run um, but, uh, 40 straight minutes, uh, pitched as like on the, you know, the soft little rubber, whatever of a gym mat, uh, for 40 minutes straight. And I just like Very l- laughed out loud at that. Um, a fight. Yeah. I already said it. a fight is in real life is less than one. Um, but I did the math and that is 400 rounds of D and D combat. <laughs> So somebody, they are rolling pretty terrible that a 1d4 dagger can't kill whatever. Um, His eyes at one point uh, turn a greener shade of amber. A greener shade of amber, which is a yellowish brown. Yeah, leaving behind the the concept of eyes changing color in the moment. Uh, His eyes change color to become a different, uh, and not that color of a different color. Um, Mm -hmm. this is another in the long list of, uh, present tense books. I noticed yours was as well. Uh, a lot of the worst words get gerunded. Uh, and so she, she is, uh, her, her hands fisting, uh, Mm -hmm. not in the sex scenes either, but her hands are fisting and her, her brows are, uh, I don't know, Xing or crossing or whatever. Uh, we get an almost fuck. Uh, we get past tense fucking. Uh, I picked it up at 80 with the, the, these predictions. The president's DNA is hers. The, the the guy is now the male lead character is planning on trying to assassinate this character, mm-hmm. this uh this front runner. Uh, the other guys try to take our main characters, the the corporate rivals try to take their son back. Uh, and I said that they would have done that. Um, it's a showdown, but they don't actually kill the president. We end with a threat. I thought it was going to be uh the Lavovs come and then we get the president. And you know I was wrong. It's the president stuff, and then it's the Lavovs. Oh, man. You got the right stuff in the wrong order. That's what the ladies tell me.
So instead of uh, the president being the climax or the presidential candidate being the climax, uh, it, is, it happens within those 40% that I did not read. Uh, and just like I expected, they did not actually kill him, but just sort of me tooed him out of the race uh, because he, he has a habit of doing this. So, you know, based on it's a real law and order type episode. Uh <laughs> When we pick up at 80%, we're just finding out the dad stuff. Uh, she's wearing an evening dress with a pendant that hangs down past her cle- This is another one of the books. Maybe it happened in that, that 40% that I didn't read, but in the 50 that I did, uh, that does add up, but whatever. Um, they screw twice, but it's uh, it like pans over to the fireplace. Ah. But there's a lot of like my cock was bulging type stuff. So it's like, why are you going to go halfway? Yeah, if you're going to use that kind of language to talk about the wanting to, why aren't you just going to talk about the doing it? And then, so, whatever. Uh, He apparently forced her to marry him in some fashion, but she doesn't seem to mind. Hmm, Um, that doesn't add up. Then, uh, within the next couple... uh, pages uh the power goes out because the lavavs the corporate and crime family rivals uh are here to take our main character's sister that they have a betrothal contract on i'm like hey i know public opinion is heavily against the russians right now uh but that seems kind of racist against russians to be like yeah they still have betrothal contracts these (laughs) damn slavs or whatever like geez bud i don't think that modern day russians are still doing betrothal contracts of their rival clans yeah um but they're coming into battle uh to invade this uh homestead in like montana or whatever they're in america um and so the guards are on high alert and the power got cut and wouldn't you know it they have a lot of emp protections around their computers and their walkie talkies because somebody thought of everything but also they have non-emp protected lockers for walkie talkies electromagnetic pulse it oh. is a movie tactic to explain why there's no power um and so they uh <laughs> he gears up to go out to battle uh and he goes into uh multiple uh guns multiple types of guns and then what is described as quote a dozen rounds of ammo so each one of those guns can fire maybe three or four bullets uh before he runs out of ammo <laughs> and i wonder if they're so silly i wonder if they're thing like a dozen magazines or clips or even belts looped around him like a mexican bandito or whatever but like or like that I, one scene from uh, the Matrix. Yes. But yeah, like the Matrix ruined this for a lot of different things. Uh, you know how many guns they give to a person in the real army? One. One. And then they give them a lot of ammo for uh-huh. it. You because... don't get four guns with a little bit of ammo for each one. That is also the way that you can tell. Uh, yeah, it's very stupid. It's like, hey, I'm going to have one type of gun yeah, per thing. Yeah, but in video games, you get a bunch of different guns and you can switch back and forth between Someone them. Someone hasn't played a video game since Halo Combat Evolved came out because that really changed the game. You basically get like two now, so it's whatever. Uh, but obviously, I need uh, one type of gun for one situation, a different type of gun for a different situation. It was also very fun reading how this person who says that they have lots of guns but a dozen rounds of ammo. Not that I want to be one of those gun guys that's like, you said clip when it's actually a magazine and you said uh, assault rifle there's no such thing like i don't want to be that guy mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it was pretty fun to read the the tactical strategium of a uh, person who would say such a thing like oh they're doing a they're going around me <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I this. He is surrounded by the bad guys, henchmen, and he's trying to buy time for his brother to get onto the roof where the sniper rifles and machine guns have been positioned. And it's like, machine gun, sure, you can mount a machine gun. You just have a you just have sniper rifles sitting at strategic points up on the roof and not like one that you can carry around. <laughs> um, but he's trying to buy time. He's in the middle. He's getting surrounded. Uh, and so he's like dove into this patch of uh, bush next to a tree. And so he uh, <laughs> spreads mud on his face so he can look around the tree without them being able to spot him because apparently he's fighting the predator. <laughs> and so I don't know what they think like. Oh, I just saw movement, but that movement was brown. It was mud colored, so I'm not shooting at that. <laughs> Must be one of those moving trees. Uh, there have been like two, 20 people dead, massive explosions, uh, like a massive shootout uh, because they came to get the sister for the contract. And then the sister just sort of walks out and goes, I'll do it. And then the book ends with, uh, we're beefing up the security and I'm going to find a way to get her back. And this is the end of our two characters because now they're married and so therefore the, the story is therefore over. Therefore they're not interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... This, We've answered the question of will they, won't they. The next book, they did in the last book, hey, well, the next book I assume has to be the sister and the betrothal contract guy so that we get another opportunity for a, a woman who... Oh yeah, we... Uh, it's very funny, I skipped the middle whatever 40 percent and basically came your numbers are hilarious i read the first 40 percent and the last 40 percent and the middle 40 no 20 i read the last 20 um (laughs) the uh, last yeah last 20 um basically she's like i need to know more about him chloe chloe and nikolai chloe is i need to know more about him he doesn't talk about his family and then at 80 percent, it's like let me tell you about my family so i skipped (laughs) right like past all the cruft um thank god because there is still a lot of cruft um and get this his backstory is massively sad too he uh is the the son of a russian mobster slash legitimate business this did give a bit of a shout out to sort of like the westernization of communist russia and how like the the crony capitalism that resulted and stuff just like the isla fisher book from a couple seasons ago um but not enough to be interesting. Um, but then him and his dad and his mom were always fighting, and she was basically his dad's possession, but she kind of liked it. But then he comes home one day to find that his dad had gotten all coked up and had murdered his mom, so he murdered his dad. But the sister regained consciousness just in time to see him murder his dad, but not in time to see the fact that it was self-defense. So his sister is now addicted to pain pills. Uh, and so it's going to be that sister, the one that's addicted to pain pills, that I'm willing to bet will be our weak female protagonist that is held in the clutches of a dangerous, darkly handsome Russian man. Uh, next book. And so I can't oh. wait to find out why it turns out he's not that bad after yeah, all. I'll get you that one. We'll no, please don't. We'll just continue on my streak, apparently. Yeah. It's, it, I feel like I got to the end of the book, and there was like a thick bar, and then a thinner bar to the the left of it, and then two dots. The, oh, the, the repeat? Yeah, yeah. and she me is like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah, very yeah. clever. Well, we don't have to worry about that for next time, oh, right? yeah. because we already have our books for next time, and Friend they're the going to be good because I didn't pick them out. Uh, <laughs> so friend of the show, Katie, got us... Two books and drop them off on our doorstep. On our and peanut M Ms drop them off on our doorstep. She's the best. Uh, the two books are The Orphan Witch by Paige Crutcher and Oathbreaker Assassin's Apprentice by Servot. No, S R Vot and J B Redmond. And that's not encouraging. Looking at these two books and reading the descriptions in the back, I thought 
absolutely the orphan witch is going to be the better of these two books. Like the one that Nick is holding, the whatever Oathbreaker, looks like a bibliophile classic. Oh yeah. There's dragons on the front. There's somebody with butterfly wings and a sword and silhouette. So I was like, hey, I called dibs on reading The Orphan Witch. It doesn't seem that bad. Uh, Reading the back of it, it just seems like female Harry Potter, basically. Uh, And then I was texting Katie about it, and apparently The Orphan Witch is way worse. And you picked it for yourself. Uh, By the way, these are not dragons on the front of it. They're wyverns. Oh, yes. Something about the legs. Yeah, if front legs winged be a wyvern, you see, if it be on all fours, it's a dragon, of course. Hmm. It's not that hard. It's like a good little run. So Don't I'm ask me what a weirm is. Reading a terrible book called The Orphan Witch that is girl Harry Potter, and Mick is reading. Oh, you forget it every single time. Every time. I, already, I haven't slept through the night in four months. I have already forgotten it. <laughs> it's my book. Oathbreaker, Assassin's Apprentice. So, uh. More to come on that. Can't wait. Mordecai? <laughs> no, I was trying to do it again. I was trying to come up with another Confederacy Aww, zombie pun. Yeah. Confederacy. <laughs> the Confederate States of America. Yeah. I don't know. Tweet them at the account because there's more out there, but I don't want to take the d- empty space to do it. And I'm not editing it out. <laughs> yeah, there's, something about, there's something about antebellum in there. Probably. Plantation. Yeah. Society. Planter. Secession. Appomattox Courthouse. We're just going to fade out on me naming things that I can't think of a pun for. You can find me on Twitter at Susan J. The intro music to our podcast is Baby the Night by the Band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Uh, my, you can find me on Twitter at Digimon, the Twitter, the show on Twitter at Bibliovile. Um, Anaconda Strategy. Total War. Mm. Emancipation Proclamation. Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis. Stonewall Jackson. Robert E. Lee. There's got to be one on Robert E. Lee. Well, uh, you got William Tecumseh Sherman. You got Union or David McCullough, the historian. (laughs) William Seward, the Secretary of War. Transcontinental Railroad. (gasps) Rutherford Zombie Hayes. We did it, folks.